Welcome to Space Strategy, a podcast from the American Foreign Policy Council's Space Policy Initiative, where we are shaping a vision for the next strategic frontier. Now here's your host, AFPC Senior Fellow in Defense Studies, Peter Gerritsen. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the new Space Strategy Podcast. My name is Peter Gerritsen, and I'm a Senior Fellow in Defense Studies at the American Foreign Policy Council. This podcast is part of the organization's new space policy initiative, which I co-direct. For this inaugural episode, I've invited my co-director, Rich Harrison, who serves as the AFPC Vice President of Operations and Director of Defense Technology Programs. Today, we plan to cover a number of topics, including learning more about AFPC, how we shape policy, the new space policy initiative, the origins of this podcast. So let's get started. Rich, why don't you start off by introducing yourself and let our listeners know a little bit about your background, the American Foreign Policy Council, and the role you play there. Hey, Peter, it's great to uh, be here virtually. Um, I'll try to be brief with my, my description here. First of all, my background's actually aerospace engineering, although I only practiced for uh, just a couple years before switching into the uh, foreign policy field. So now I've been, I've been working with AFPC for about 13 years. Uh, the organization itself is uh, back, dates back to 1982, so we've been around for a long time. And our, our, our motto is explaining the world and empowering policymakers. And basically the elevator pitches, our goal is to provide timely information to those that make or influence US foreign policy and national security. And so we, we influence policy in, in, a, in a variety of ways. We write opinion editorials, we host briefings for congressional staff, uh, we provide congressional testimony, we work with the DOD and executive branch, uh, we write books, policy papers. So in regard to, uh, in regard to my position, you know, we're a smaller organization, we have a small staff but a, but a large group of fellows. Uh, but I get to wear a few hats at AFPC. <clears throat> First is my, my role as Vice President of Operations where I'm responsible for managing our fellows, uh, and interns, uh, planning for and delegations in the, in the non-COVID era, and uh, overseeing internal events and business support services for, for the organization. And then in my defense uh, technology program manager hat, I, I do a couple of things. There are a couple of pillars that, that uh, underpin that program. One is I oversee the defense dossier. It's, a, it's an e-journal, which is disseminated three times a year, uh, covers mm -hmm. the national security and defense issues. Uh, I'm also this pro the program manager for the strategic primer initiative that these are the, uh, they're like 20 to 25 page graphical uh, pamphlets that kind of take someone who doesn't know anything about a particular technology and provides a little bit more information, gets them up to speed. Um, they're meant to be very visually appealing uh, and data driven and they come with policy recommendations. So they've been really uh, a popular product that we have. And then I, I oversee our Defense Technology Monitor Bulletin. It's a, it's a publication disseminated monthly, kind of gets people caught up to speed on any emerging, technolo emerging technologies um, and any kind of cutting edge innovations that occur uh, every month. So that's a nice publication to get out and we can have people subscribe to that. And that's all, all these products that I'm referring to are, on, are available on our website. In addition to that, uh, for the, any congressional staffers that are in the uh, listening audience, I run a briefing series uh, for on defense technology issues that cover U.S. national and and affect that affect U.S. national security. So, um, let me know if you want to subscribe to to the, our mailing list and get involved on those as well. We actually and, have. And one Rich, how up. would how would somebody do that? Uh, what what's the website? So we you can, we can be reached at afpc.org. That's the the main website. And if you have any questions or any comments, you can always reach out to us at 
spacepod at afpc.org. Just send any questions there and we'll, we'll get back to you. And then out, finally, in terms of my role, uh, I co-direct co with Peter, as he mentioned, this new space policy initiative that this, uh, this podcast you're listening to is part of. So Peter, I know you are technically the interviewer today, but I feel like it's only fair that you provide a, a brief background so the listeners can get to know, get to know their host for the show. Well, all right. I, I'm not sure exactly what I should say. Uh, I will say I've been extremely privileged to have had a, a terrific first career within the Department of Defense and now to uh, get to play a second role in posturing our nation for long-term success in space. So today, I'm a senior fellow in defense studies here at the American Foreign Policy, and I also do uh, strategy uh, consultancy in space and defense for both uh, private organizations and the government. Prior to joining AFPC, I had a, a full career as a transformational strategist in the Department of the Air Force, had a number of terrific positions where I got to be the strategy and policy advisor to the chief of staff of the Air Force, was the uh, div chief of irregular warfare strategy plans and policy. Uh, more specific to this, I was the chief of future technology branch for Air Force strategic planning. And uh, 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 the last part of my career, I was instructor of Joint Warfare at Air University, where I helped stand up the Space Horizons Task Force and the Schriever Scholars, which is America's premier program to develop strategists. I uh, was privileged enough to be the designer of uh, a number of joint and interagency war games, including on space, and to have been a uh, collaborator in crafting uh, quite, a, quite a few of our national strategic documents uh, everything from directed energy to uh, unmanned systems to our national military strategy. And uh, I really enjoyed being part of a, a number of future focused forecasts, everything from multi-domain command and control, DARPA's 100-year starship, the Pentagon Space Solar Power, or look at our university into reusable space access, um, and I should also say that, uh, you know, I, I am a child of the Apollo era. I literally was born as the Earthrised photo uh, was being taken by Apollo 8 and grew up launching SD's model rockets and seeing the grand visions of what our space program was to become at that time, including, you know, the, the science fiction genres that everyone's familiar with and the standing in line for the original Star Wars and uh, watching Star Trek with my dad. Um, and really with this idea that there is a special mission for America in building this prosperous, inclusive future for humanity. And, and I remain interested in that vision and providing a platform for individuals uh, who, who have that sort of vision, which brings me back to our space policy initiative. So could you walk me through how the space policy initiative came about? Was there something that prompted you to create a, a specific program, given that you already had a defense technology program? Sure, Peter. Well, first of all, thanks for that uh, that great uh, background. It just shows how how lucky we are to have someone like you on board our uh, our space policy team. Uh, but yeah, with regard to how the the program came about, the credit really goes to AFPC President Herman Perchner. I mean, he he's the one who kind of identified a need for better coordination on on space policy in the U.S. and Back in, uh, not last November, the one before, we had a, a, a series of, uh, a bunch of researchers take a look at how many organizations are, you know, putting together events on space policy or, you know, who is publishing on it, who's really serving as a, as a resource for 
policymakers on the topic. And we found that only a handful of quality space programs really exist. And most of those are really narrow and focused. Maybe they're, you know, some are focusing on just the military aspects or some are focused on arms control in space. But we, we thought that space policy is, is an area where AFPC really has an opportunity to make a difference. And uh, because space is so important, we, we just didn't want to have it buried under the defense technology program. We thought it was worthy of its own initiative. So, you know, we, we decided to move forward. And uh, what are the goals for the space policy initiative? What's the problem you're trying to solve? Well, this is going to sound kind of corny, but uh, we, you know, space space truly does represent the next great strategic frontier. Um, you know, the U.S. is it's facing growing competition, uh, a growing threat from in that domain from countries like Russia and of, and of course China, especially. You know, each of them are developing technologies capable of targeting U.S. space assets. Uh, you've seen all the anti-satellite tests that have been conducted over the last several years. And and you know, at the same time, we have this global space economy, economy, which is prime for liftoff. <clears throat> you know, we have, look at what companies like SpaceX and Blue Origin are all doing to push the ball forward. And they're making these great technological advancements and, and scientific breakthroughs that, you know, they're increasingly putting investments and resources there within our reach. So, you know, as we've discussed in our, our writings and other publications over the last year, you know, within two decades or so, ventures like space tourism, harnessing space, solar energy, uh, space mining, they're all going to propel the value of a space economy over a trillion dollars annually. So, you know, defining a defining a strategy that ensures space security, sustainability, and and commerce, it, it just needs to be a strategic priority for the U.S. And so we have a a really strong team, a top top notch array of experts um, that we believe can make a major contribution to uh, to crafting space policy. And and we're going to do it through a variety of ways. We're going to do briefings, conferences, uh, publications. And they're all just going to be designed to provide policymakers with the, the ideas and tools they need to chart a chart a course in this emerging domain. And there's there are going to be a couple um, <clears throat> focus areas and themes that we're, we're thinking about for the space policy initiative, and that's not limited to these that I'll mention. But you know we're looking at things like you know how do we develop a, a robust space economy? How do we harness space energy? Um, you know how do we ensure that the U.S. military maintains a secure in space environment, and and then what are the societal impacts of space? So, and I and I guess I should note that uh, for our listeners, see, Peter is Peter is truthfully the brains behind the operation. You heard his uh, extensive background in, in space over the last several decades that he's been working on these issues. He's he's pretty modest, but uh, <clears throat> an accomplished space expert for sure. And in fact, he and Dr. Namradaga Swami they recently published a book titled "Scramble for the Skies." Um, you know, Peter. You know, can you can you provide um, an overview of of that publication that you just came out with? Sure. So, you know, first of all, I would say that that the book we're talking about, "Scramble for the Skies," which just recently came out, is really and a book appropriate for anybody who wants to understand the drivers of the new space race, and uh, and it presents a geopolitical view of the importance uh, of space to humankind's future and the importance specifically of space resources. As one of our reviewers, Rick Tomlinson, put it, it explains the highest stakes space race of all time, where the winners will own the next thousand years, and where the world's most powerful nations have been joined by corporations, billionaires, and a rising group of savvy engineers. So the book really focuses uh, mostly on three um, major space powers. We give particular focus to uh, China, the United States, to India. And we, uh, we look at two of the shaping middle powers, the UAE 
and Luxembourg, who are shaping the domain. Uh, the book's been uh, in the works for a while, so we began it with our proposal in uh, November of 2015, before we were uh, landing reusable rockets and before we had a, a asteroid uh, mining act. And it started with the grant from the uh, Office of the Secretary of Defense to kind of uh, understand the future of gray zone conflict in space. And it resulted in about uh, two years where we did some degree of field work in both China and India, looking at what their long-term ambitions are. So I would say, while there are diversity of sources out there that discuss the near-term space economy or which discuss the anti-satellite threat, this is really the first serious treatment of the subject of space resources and their geopolitical implications and why they matter to state power. So you may have heard, you know, niche or sort of fun discussions about asteroid mining or lunar mining. Well, we explain in this book why that is uh, important to long-term state power and leadership in the international system. And it's really the first book to bridge the space slash science advocacy community and speak directly to the international relations and policymaking community. And the basis, you know, the, the, the fundamental thesis is that we are already seeing great powers beginning to compete for space resources. And we explain why, basically because they have an expectation that it will alter the relative balance of power. But that's, you know, that's enough about, uh, about my book. I'd like to hear, why don't you tell us about the space policy book that you're working on? Well, first, thanks for that. Thanks for that overview. Uh, I'm sure for our listeners out there, that's gonna be a great resource I guess it's available on uh, Amazon, Peter, is that, is that right? It is available on Amazon. Excellent, so definitely pick up a copy of that. Uh, as for the book project that I'll be working on, it's it's definitely, let's be clear, it's certainly not a sole venture. Um, we have a, a strong team of, of contributors to this, and you know, first and foremost, you will be a part of it, uh, Peter. And we have Dr. Larry Wurzel, Dr. Lamont Colucci, and then uh, Jenny McArdle, who's actually also earning her way to a PhD, just like you are. It's kind of embarrassing. I'll probably be the only person that does not have a doctorate that's affiliated with the, uh, with the project here. But essentially, <clears throat> the book project seeks to influence the development of policy that ensures the American industrial base is postured to meet or surpass the, the China or People's Republic of China's space milestones. Uh, we want to empower and clarify the, the new Space Force's mission. We want to provide guidance to NASA and other federal agencies for their uh, respective roles in US space strategy and, and also incentivize the private sector companies to ensure American space primacy. I mean, we haven't talked about it too much on this podcast, but uh, previous podcasts, we've talked about the role that China is, is playing in space right now. They have these concrete milestones year over year. And you know, the, from the US standpoint, we just don't have any concrete agenda. We keep, you know, every time there's a new administration, are we going to the Mars, are we going to the moon, everything changes. We don't have a, a real concrete plan. And there's, um, you, you can't just catch up quickly to another uh, superpower in space. We have to plan things and execute in a timely fashion to stay competent and stay, um, uh, stay as the leader. So that's kind of what we're looking to do. Uh, the main deliverable will be a book, but there's also gonna be a conference uh, that'll be primarily focused on informing congressional staff. So the conference will in theory, hopefully highlight the the publication's policy recommendations. So the goal again is to, for the book project, is to influence policymakers. 
uh, kind of to get the book underway, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at the literature on you know what is China doing in space, what what kind of ambitions do they have? Then we're gonna compare that against what the U.S. is doing across the government, military, and private sector, and we just, we want to get an understanding of the maturity of the different technology that's available to support all these space initiatives that we're going to be exploring. And of so course, just just, oh, just oh, sorry, to pause ahead. there for a minute, you know, I I think what's important to emphasize is how different that approach is, right? So rather than looking at stovepipes of civil, military, national intelligence, or commercial, we're really trying to look at it as a, as a synergistic whole, as this comprehensive space power. And then the other thing you mentioned, I think that that's quite different is we specifically cage uh, what we think our own ambitions need to be to, you know, the 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 pacing, uh, the pacing ambitions of another power and their and their timelines as a kind of kind of net assessment. So that that's pretty pretty distinct. So please continue. Yeah, no, that's that's right, Peter. And and when the the kind of questions we're going to address, kind of what we consider our framing questions, we're, we're looking at, you know, what what should be the North Star vision of the U.S. to successfully compete with China? And we'll, we'll try to identify the dimensions of U.S.-China competition and determine, you know, which sectors have the most potential to impact the U.S. strategic po uh, position in space and what which which dimensions are worth pursuing uh, because you only have limited resources, right? And so how do, how do China's space efforts compare with those U.S.? Those are all the kinds of things we're going to be, we're going to be looking at. And as we're conducting the research, uh, you know, our findings are going to be supplemented by interviews with industry experts, uh, corporate space leaders, government and military officials. And I should know that the, the need to conduct these interviews is really, uh, for the book, is really what sparked the, um, this podcast. Yeah. So can you, uh, can we follow up on that and, and tell the listeners what they should expect from this podcast? Absolutely. So our plan is, uh, you know, we're going to have one or two one or one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one -on -one interviews with industry experts, um, corporate space leaders, government and military officials, and we plan to cover a wide array of topics. And I'm not going to list all of them here because it's a, it's going to be evolving and depending on what we're, you know, what's happening. But we're going to consider things like space strategy, space policy and finance, um, space information services, space transportation logistics. You know, human presence. Should we be having people, you know, colonizing uh, the moon or Mars? What what should we be considering? You know, power systems in space, what should we, how should we be getting around space? What's going to propel us, solar and nuclear power? Uh, we want to look, look at things like space manufacturing, resource extraction, and of course, uh, and weapons in space. And, you so know, these, are, these are really the, the big questions, right? I mean, you're trying to focus on the, the biggest questions. What should our space policy be? Where should we be going? What's the vision worth pursuing? Um, and then the underlying factors that can lead us there. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely correct. And so when, we, when we're interviewing people, you know, for example, the, from the private sector, we're going to focus on, you know, what are understanding their legislative impediments and security concerns that restrict uh, their space ambitions? Um, you know, when we're interviewing people with, within the government, we'll be looking at, okay, well, how does that uh, organization's respective mission uh, in the government, how do they fit into a greater whole of government mission along with intergovernmental coordination in the private sector. And, and then of course, we, we plan to have discussions with the military uh, to understand how their leadership views their respective roles in space domain, both from a military perspective and, and of course, in, in aiding the private, uh, providing security for the private sector to, uh, to thrive and, and foster new partnerships in industry with, uh, with allied nations as well. 
So it sounds like, uh, you know, we're not taking anything for granted here or settled that, that we see uh, quite a bit of, of flexibility and definition of what those roles and missions might be. Is that right? That's right. That's right. We don't want to go into this with any real preconceived notions. We want to be uh, open and, and, and get a good understanding of what everyone else has to offer in terms of their opinions. And hopefully we'll come up with something um, really good that goes into the book from, from all these interviews. And hopefully our, our listeners will learn a lot about the, uh, a lot about space policy along the ride. Absolutely. Well, before we wrap up, do you have any of your own insights or your own vision for uh, where you'd like to see the United States go that you'd like to share? Well, I think it's a, a little, little premature since we're just beginning our research, but I mean, I, I think that we really do have to take seriously what, what China's doing. I know Russia has predominantly been a major power in space, but you can see how China's has overtaken them with the amount of launches and satellites and the attention that they're playing, um, the attention to space that they're playing and, and forecasting on the future where they're understanding that it's not just the military aspect of space that matters, it's, it's um, on the full economic front. And so I just wanna make sure that we're really focused on um, advancing or surpassing their milestones. I think that is the, the, the most important thing is to, to um, you know, work with our allies when we can, um, but certainly stay as the leader in space. That's, that's the number one primary objective. And I should also point out uh, just uh, as a last thing, because we may have some young listeners that AFPC runs a pretty exciting uh, internship program, right? And you oversee that, is that right? Yeah, Could you tell us a little bit about the program and what the opportunities to work on this project might be for those interns? Absolutely, the, uh, the intern program has been going very, very strong. We have, uh, our interns are able to, you know, even now that, now that COVID is uh, winding down, hopefully, we, interns have actually even been in office this semester. Um, interns are available to help with our publications. They work on our book projects such as these. They cover a wider range of projects. So if you go on our website, we have about nine different projects looking at things like, um, <clears throat> you know, Russia, Eurasia. We have a China program, Indo-Pacific security program. Uh, Middle East program, countering Islamic, countering Islamic extremism program, the Defense Technology Program, which I which I also run. I'm always looking for great interns. The Space Policy Initiative and others. Um, and so, while you're here with us, you help us support our events, um, podcasts such as these, and you really have the opportunity to get published. You know, and not just on our website on, in terms of a blog or something like that. We have our interns get published in mainstream media outlets. So if you go on our web website and look at internships. Uh, section of the site. You can see dating back to 2012, we've had interns published in really, really great places. I'm talking like Newsweek. Uh, we've even had inter interns published in the Wall Street Journal, for example. I haven't even gotten published in there. So we really do work hard to take care of our interns. We have a, uh, a lot of professional development courses for them throughout the semester. We bring in guest speakers to come in and, and meet with our, with our interns. So we take the program very seriously. And we would love to have interns contribute in, uh, in our research for, for our book project that we have and, you know, all of the other programs under our other projects under our space policy initiative. So yeah, thanks for uh, bringing that up, Peter. It's uh, I'm happy, welcome, to, happy to plug the program. Yeah, <laughs> I, think I, it's, I understand. I put it's, up against anyone in, in DC. I'd put up against anyone. It, it's quite a stepping stone. I, I noticed that uh, we're able to recruit uh, from all over the place uh, with some fantastic opportunities, even for folks who might not have had uh, the opportunities to get there. And then they all seem to get promoted to tremendous places uh, when they leave AFPC. And, and I, should, I should also note um, in terms of 
our opportunities for our interns, we have uh, we've received a, a recent grant, which if interns are an undergraduate who is US federal Pell Grant eligible and can receive academic credit for an internship, then please, please apply because we can cover the cost for literally everything in terms of your flights to and from DC, um, metro, housing, and food. So we are always looking for applications. Um, go to the internship section on our website and send internships, cover letter writing sample, and your resume to internships at AFPC.org. We'd love to have you on our team. And I'll just note, uh, you know, so far, uh, my inter interaction has been fantastic. Uh, you provided three super sharp interns who supported our uh, our very high level war game, uh, you know, focused on helping a, a future National Space Council think, think through things and, and they were just awesome. Yeah, we, are, we always have a strong team. <laughs> and interns are available all year round, so uh, always apply. Well, let me just bring it back then to space. So thank you so much for uh, kicking off and providing an overview of the, of the podcast and where it's going. It was a pleasure speaking to you today and we look forward to our next episode of the Space Strategy Podcast. Until then, at Astra. Take care, Peter. Thanks a lot, buddy. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Space Strategy Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. For questions and comments, please reach out at spacepod at afpc.org. Thank you for listening.